What's up, everyone, and welcome to another special episode of IndiePod, where we get to talk to the people behind some of our favorite indie games. Today, we have Maria Grau Stenzel, the creative producer behind the upcoming title known as Elijo. Maria, thanks for joining. Hello. Thank you for getting us here or to inviting us. Oh, yeah. I saw the game and I thought it was uh, a very interesting uh, different approach to the genre that this game is based around. So I was like, you know what? I really want to talk to the people behind it. And that's why you're here. That's excellent. <laughs> We're looking forward to it. We are really excited, actually, because today is the day where it gets live on Steam. And I know. And so we are like, really, I thought I had a heart attack before. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we'll get we'll get into a little bit about the game, but before we do that, I actually want to talk about you. Uh, I love getting to know the people behind the games uh, themselves, just you know, because a lot of the times most people don't think about that games actually are created by people, right? They just seem like magic half the time because games just show up out of nowhere. But there's a lot that goes into it. So, Maria, tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you you know get into the game space in the first place? Okay, so. Um... We are a studio based in Berlin called Honig Studios. And um, we started with the game approximately uh, four years ago. Um, me, myself, I've been in the company since I think 2012, but not um, like always uh, we are dealing with interactive content um, or digital content, let's say, because um, yeah, we are creating apps, we are creating websites, but for us it was always important to um, do this in combination with new technologies, but also with story. Story is something that we think is crucial for everything and also with new techniques you can never or you make a user experience way more valuable if you create a story behind it because the people can identify there's something people will remember and mm -hmm. um, that's how we uh, pretty much started with um, the company and with our like our the things we do and uh, with the indie indie games like games themselves so we always try to do some fun within the things we do so if you have a, a website we also try to make it a little playful to make a game out of it if you have an app that also has a serious topic we also try to make something that is more interactive that people are involved in it so there is some relation to to the thing you're at the moment dealing with and with elijo um, we started we watched a movie called um, um, el topo um, it's a, a movie by Jodorowsky and um, we thought, oh, this is really actually quite interesting. It's a lot of like very visual. The, the movie is really um, violent and it's a lot of blood and there's a lot of um, like there's this kid called Elijo and he's left behind by his father and, um, and the rest of it, it's a pure slaughter, like everyone dies, I think. <laughs> and or it feels like that at least and uh, <laughs> but it's really some something that um, stuck to our heads that it's really a lot of visuals that um, tell a story by itself and so we said hey this could be an approach to make a game and that's how mm -hmm. it actually started me getting involved more into games and trying to make a story with the team that is the story for a game Right, right. That makes sense. And going a little bit deeper into that, what exactly does a creative producer do for a team? 
Mm-hmm. Like a creative producer, I think it is always a, a question of definition how your company sees it. But in in with us, it's pretty much your a producer meaning you will look after uh, like budget and schedules and so forth but on the creative part you are like um, i wrote with the team the story we are really close connected to the creative part like you have the vision you are creating a frame for the team that um, they can be free as free as they can be but within a certain framework that it runs into one direction so you are pretty much the captain of the ship and and to tell the people in this direction we can go and you are consulting with the people you have your visions you are giving them to the artist you are discussing with the artist what can go inside um, the level or how the um, the conceptual work is supposed to look like and and then they take on your ideas and your feedback and your input and create their own thing because for me it's always important that the people i'm working with they're the experts in their fields you know being a right. artist or being the animator or being the level designer or programmer and you are trying to give them the input or the base or the framework as said and then they should be able to start evolving themselves because it makes way more fun and it's way more their project if they can actually come out and say, okay, this is um, what I do out of your input. Right, right. Yeah, got to push them to get them to build the greatest thing that they can, uh, you know, inspire the team. The glue between the the brick, (sighs) you are the input giver you know right exactly (laughs) so let's talk about the actual game itself now so eliho for those who don't know anything about this uh how would you describe the game and why should an audience be excited for it oh oh, 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 excited because look at it (laughs) 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 i'm being a bit cheeky and i'm i'm saying this because i'm so happy that it's it's finally out eh, after four I years so it's, uh, it's it's really a good feeling so why should people um play it or how how would i describe it it's well it's a the um, game is a, a story about a, a boy called elijo and he was left in a monastery um, by his mother um, and the, the story starts that um, Elijo and his mother, they are playing nicely in their garden at a farm. Um, and then uh, some really bad bandits come and burn the farm down. And the mother is so devastated in a certain way that she doesn't know how to protect her son from the evil people. And she takes Elijo to the monastery that is nearby. And um, you can imagine that a six-year-old boy, it's not really his thing to stay at the monastery. And the only thing he wants is to leave the monastery and be together with his mother again. And so um, he will sneak out of the the monastery past the vast desert, um, past also um, like the bandits town, like it's the three environments we've got. And then at the end to be or be not reunited with his mother again. And so one of the, the interesting things, uh, especially because you already talked about a, a little bit about some of the inspiration, right, from that movie that you watched. Mm-hmm. But one of the main things about this is you're using a child as that main star for the show, and you're also doing this in a way that that isn't, it kind of goes against what you watched, which it, it doesn't seem to be as as 
brutal or violent with you being the six-year-old. So what was that main inspiration for, for creating a story or creating a game that had more of this, this stealth mechanic without using so much on, on violence? Mm -hmm. You, you're nailing it, Joshua, yeah, because that was our idea. The idea was to focus on the stealth mechanic and to um, make it feel natural, you know, like it's a, um, you can imagine it's a child. A child is not violent in normal sense. Eh? Like if you play a stealth game, a normal stealth game, you will have the secret agent that slaughters everyone that kills in order to proceed in the level. But imagine that with a child, it's not really realistic. A six-year-old has no chance against an adult. Maybe if the adult is sleeping, maybe yes, but um, otherwise you have really no chance. So we try to... Um, make it as realistic as possible to have this um, the non-violence and the innocence of the kid and this kid evolving throughout the, the levels and the game and um, stealthing, sneaking through the puzzle, uh, through the puzzles, solving lots of puzzles and mm -hmm. passing through the environment. Interesting. And one of the, the biggest questions that I have, and I, I've already seen like a, a few of them through trailers and whatnot, but seeing as you're just a six-year-old and you don't really have, you know, that, that offensive ability, because it does make sense. A six-year-old really can't, you know, beat up these, these bandits. Mm -hmm. Right. But what, what kind of mechanics do you have in this game? Like how could a six-year-old deal with these bandits? What are you doing? So to speak. Mm -hmm. Like um, the idea is really, you are, uh, think of a six-year-old, like you are a six-year-old. You, what do you do at the beginning? You're scared. Huh? So you hide. So the initial idea is you hide in shadows, you hide inside objects, and then um, as you proceed, you become more daring. So you start maybe pushing things, then you push around boxes in, in order to um, fulfill the puzzles, to go through the environment. Later on, you will throw a rock. And with the rock, you start to divert the attention of your opponents. So you need to throw things. They will look in one direction, you will pass. And then as you proceed, it will become more daring than you. Um, when you leave the monastery, you can also, uh, you have your slingshot, will, which will make you stronger. When you hit objects, then you have different uh, range of different objects you can actually hit. And then throughout the environment, you will find toys at a later stage. The toys will also help you to proceed in the in the environment, like a cactus uh, bomb, like uh, we call it a stink bomb, or it's, a, it's <laughs> but you can't smell it. That's why it's just a, 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 a yeah, no, it's a, a bomb, a bomb type of thing. Like a, it's a cactus flower that explodes and will um, blind the opponent for a certain time. Or you have a little wind-up toy that you can distract the um, opponents that can't really hear because they might be singing or humming or not um, yeah they won't listen that you can distract them with uh, like a wind-up toy for example and that's mm -hmm. how it um, we are creating with simple things the most efficient result you know like um, we are thinking um, yeah, we could give Elijo like armors and explosives and we he gets fireworks in the end, but um, uh, we could give him way more armors and things to make it way more exciting, but it wouldn't feel real, you know, we wanted to be true to the story and um, or true to the story, true to the character as well, 
and you know we can't have a Rambo Elijo running around it would not end you know and um, maybe this is a different type of story but this wouldn't work for us and that's why we said we want to keep it um, simple but um, good you know like it needs not to have a lot of things to be good it can be if uh, thought through thoroughly and um, placed smart then you can reach a really good result that is entertaining and makes mm. sense in the development of the the character right that that actually aligns with something that i wanted to talk about because it, i was looking through the steam page because when i was obviously going through this and researching this was before the game came out so i didn't have a chance to actually get into it but i i really uh something that caught my eye was a piece where you said not wanting to needlessly add new mechanics but instead utilize variations of existing mechanics now You've already mentioned what seems to be a little bit about that, but can you elaborate a little bit on how you you planned to do this and and maybe what that process was like developing it? Because I'm sure there's all you know there's there's obviously that thought of going back and forth of what's the best way to do this, right? Of what's the best way to to create a game like this? Is it to give the player a number of different abilities, a number of different things they can upgrade, a number of different things that you know, and, and give them all those choices, or is it better to just focus on this is a set path of a few things that you have, but you have to learn how to become creative with them. Can you can you talk a little bit about uh, how you planned on doing that in this game? Like it was, we had a <clears throat> it was a combination of both. To be honest, it's we had a certain set of tools that felt like this is natural for the kid to have, and then we said that um, we would um, see how can we. Um, Pop, no, pop up how can we make the existing challenges more ex exciting or the existing tools more exciting so it was the challenge to us how can we um, make it happen that it is a similar game mechanic also in the way what does it feel for the for the player you need to you can't all of a sudden introduce something completely different it wouldn't make sense you need to somehow slowly make it happen that it feels not too patronized you know like that we mm -hmm. oh now you have to do this and you have to do that and so forth you need to slowly try to evolve the character evolve the player in order to learn certain things to be able to move through the game and this is what we thought would make most sense to slowly introduce more abilities more mechanics that the player can then um, use in order to pass through the game and so for example we have uh, like lots of npcs non-playable character opponents and then all of a sudden in one of the levels we have um, in the desert um, you have um, the nature is your opponent because you are walking through um, a sandstorm and it's pretty much a similar mechanic to if a uh, um, a person sees you but it's actually the sandstorm that is catching you if you are not hiding right in time hmm. so this is a type of how can we play smart to create a tension to create a nice game flow for the yeah, for the um, player to have a challenge right i love it i love it mm -hmm. it it makes sense uh, i think it does go hand in hand with your idea of making this feel 
more like you're you're that actual kid you are a six-year-old making sense of of you know this isn't a game where you're going to at the start be be weak but at the end be this just you know crazy overpowered rpg type game where you just have these crazy abilities and things like you're still a six-year-old child at the end of the day right Um, but but you also grew up a bit in your like um, using the toys the mm-hmm. get more difficult so we will be more elaborate in using them we also have the children that are in the game the children are like collectibles let's call them mm. it's um, uh, people with whom Elijo will interact and it's pretty much they are also evolving slowly throughout the story of Elijo like it's a you can call it a, like a secondary story or plot because the main thing is that Elijo needs to find his mother but on a subsequent level he's also talking to kids somehow inspiring them to hey do something with your life don't be here working in the mine or um, doing work for others you can be someone you can get out and be you you know and the kids will also get more active towards the end like he will Hmm. then free them they're in chains at some situations or in cages because you know at this um, time the the story is set. It was actually quite common that um, the kids from bigger cities were sent out to the to the wild west or to the more rural areas to um, be adopted. But actually, these farmers would use the kids as um, cheap labor. You know, so mm-hmm. they would work in the field, would work in the mine. And uh, Lijo is sort of a little hero, telling them, "Look, I didn't accept my destiny, staying in the monastery, which was not that bad. You know." I I didn't have to do that um, big labor, but I didn't want to be there. And so he's moving on and inspiring the kids to by showing them how to juggle or showing them a little mischief, how to annoy the NPCs around. You know, it's it's the, <laughs> some small interactions that become more um, more active towards the end. And then you will see how the kids actually will become a, a bigger role towards the end. Gotcha. Yeah, I actually, that was one of my questions was on the Steam page, you mentioned inspiring other children towards the path to freedom. And uh, my main question was just like, what does that mean? And that, that's kind of answered. But then diving deeper into that, what exactly does that mean as far as saving those children? And, and you, you mentioned that it's a secondary plot. Is this something where if you're not doing this, though, you're going to lose out? Like, is there, you know, something to the nature of different endings or, uh, you know, you might you might miss out on some type of new mechanic if you're not saving all the children? Is there any of that in the game? Yeah, it, it is. Um... Um, of course, you can play the uh, the game in different ways. You can just w- walk through it and try to solve the puzzles and go from A to B, and that's it, of course. But it's nicer if you explore a bit, and this is what we try to reward with the children. Like, you get the little interactions, um, but when you collect them all, you have a certain achievements that you can get throughout the game, and one of them is also to collect all the children. There is a different ending towards it Mm. when you collect um, depending on the number of children you collect there will be different things unlocked and also um, we have an art gallery that is uh, um, uh, like let's say a place where you can go when you 
um, play through one level and you saved all the kids, you unlock certain images that you wouldn't have seen because it's concept art, it's things how um, that were intended gameplay-wise or were intended like visuals, uh, right. visuals that you will be rewarded with for going the extra path or exp um, experience the level in a more in-depth way. Gotcha. Wow, that's a, a lot more than I was thinking at first. I, I really enjoyed that part. Um, going a little bit more into the the not really playable characters, but specifically the the different characters that you're seeing. Uh, in some of these cases, in the videos, like the trailers, I've noticed that you, maybe I'm wrong, but it seems like you're controlling the mother at times. Is there going to be any point where you're not playing as Eliho, but you're actually playing as the mother? Maybe certain sections where you have to navigate with both, or maybe just at times you're playing out different scenes in this story. What does that uh, look like? Joshua, you're ace. Eh? Very well observed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's really, really, really good. Yeah? Like it is exactly like that. Um, in there are a few levels where you will actually play the mother. It is story related. That mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it it made most sense in these moments in time. I don't want to spoil anything. That's why I'm not. I can't go deeper into it. But yep. yes, there are certain. Um, levels in which you will change the character you won't actively change him you will okay. all of a sudden play the mother because that's um, story-wise what happens and there's no other choice let's say like that and gotcha um, and the mother's features are slightly different to Elijo she's a bit stronger than he is but also she can't do things Elijo would do so it is a uh, slight different game mechanic also again to give more diversity to the game to make it a bit more yeah again a bit ch more challenging for the the player and yeah just to thinking ah what i'm playing the mother now how could she <laughs> Makes sense. All right. So at least at least there's some connection there. It'll make sense once you're playing it. Um, yeah, it, it will make sense. And it is uh, if you think um, it has to do with the story, then it will make sense when you are playing it. Because it's just, um, yeah, the question came always up when you were um, dealing with the game, with the story. Everyone was asking, hey, what what is the mother doing while Elijo is on his mission? And uh -huh. we'll get a bit more in-depth um, in regards what is she actually doing why did she give uh, Lejo away and and it will become clearer to you what what she was up to and and this is why we said it makes most sense if we make her play this and also giving a bit more female diversity you know it's a wild right. lots of male characters and so we said no we want to also have a woman that is not straight awake the weak one that leaves the kid behind how horrible mm -hmm. it be. we wanted to give her a reason saying hey this woman is kick-ass she was on a mission and she had to do it and and it will make sense if you play Okay, I'm very excited to find out more about that story. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk a, a little bit about the art direction in this because uh, the art in this is actually, um, I think, very very beautiful and very just crisp and clean. I, I love the idea of um, you know this being a spaghetti western. Now I don't know if this is 
extremely tied to the movie uh, that you were mentioning or not. But what was that main inspiration for, you know, going for this this tone uh, at all? It it is very much um, inspired by the movie. Like it is place in the desert. It is really um, a similar color scheme and um, like desert colors and, and <laughs> this um, yeah a, a Western style. But of course, we are also all. Um, most of the team members are international you know i'm half spanish we have greeks we have our artist juan is colombian we have a, um, um, a level designer from australia from south africa so everyone likes the warm wow. weather you know so we were really happy that we spent four years of our lives in the in the desert <laughs> <laughs> It was all worth it. Yeah, imagine it was the uh, Arctic or it's a really cold place. This would have been uh, horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness! It, it, it is a um, a nice tone, giving the entire um, setting, like or the entire game, a nice setting. Like it, it, it fit for us, even though. Um, think of it it would it makes no sense to have a stealth game in the in the desert where the right where the shadows to hide you know there are no <laughs> shadows to hide which we noticed halfway through the game you know <laughs> when you went to the monastery you know like um, yeah. yeah but even then we got creative and we found ways to uh, um, to deal with it and as said it is very much inspired by watching this movie of El Topo from Jodorowsky and you will um, notice yourself um, that um, yeah it, it makes sense to have it set there. That's awesome I didn't even think about how how hard it is to hide in the desert but I, I love that as a um, as a selling point I guess of how to how to get creative with games. Um, looking looking into inspiration as well were there any, uh, you know, obviously the movie at hand, but were there any specific games that, that come to mind when, like, you know, playing or designing this game that you said, you know, what would be cool if we had mechanics from like XYZ or something else that inspired you just uh, principle wise from a game mechanic? How we like volume a lot, you know, and there are so many um, um, games that like that are actually really violent uh, stealth games uh, that we really like, uh, and this is really something that um, that we uh, we said yes we uh, we will take the idea of the stealth thing of the movie or Hitman Go and Hitman all the all of them and um, yeah and just convert it into ours and because we are also quite um, non-violent people you know <laughs> was that was that the main reason that you took out uh, you know all the violence obviously like you said this could have been a totally different game but you know even even taking out the the idea of well let's make it make sense for the six-year-old boy was it more of just like you know there's a lot of good stealth games where you you do all that killing and you just wanted something different it, it is also a very valid point eh? like we are also saying hey we can do this without violence and i think this makes it um more difficult you know because the mm -hmm. evolution in any game you play in any stealth game you play the easiest way to go through the levels are you kill the person and then you are through it but no mm -hmm. we really make the people think how can you solve it you know and you really have to find a solution in order to to proceed in the game 
Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, it makes the entire game that, you know, you mentioned there's a lot of puzzles in it, but it makes that entire game itself a puzzle because you have to find out what is the one or, you know, the few creative solutions to get through without killing anyone because you don't have the ability to do so, right? Exactly. It, it was an interesting way to design the puzzles because we said, okay, there need to be several ways in in uh, in order to be able to proceed within the game. Also with what happens if you don't have any toys, what happens if you can't throw anything, uh, um, you know, like you always need to be able to pass the game somehow. So it mm -hmm. was quite a challenge to find ways creatively to pass the game without um, yeah, getting too frustrated with it. <laughs> right. That's always, that's always something that I think uh, becomes a challenge, right? Is you're always going to have people who are hardcore into the stealth genre and they're going to be able to, you know, uh, you want to cater to them as well and not have it so they beat the game with ease, but you also don't want to alienate the players who might not be familiar with the genre, but think, oh, Eliho seems kind of cool. I want to try it out, you know, and then they, they're not into the genre and they look at it and they go, I don't know what to do here. And, and then you're like, okay, well, I think we're kind of... I think the location helps a lot, you know, because it's so atypical, you know, it's not the... Um, you're somewhere in the dark, in the in the forest, or in a like um, I don't know a secret agent somewhere trying to escape, or so you are in the wild west. You know, <laughs> really something. It completely takes a regular stealth gamer out of their habitat. You know, like mm -hmm. out of their used to environment to have a game that they expect it to be, and this is also the benefit of having it set in a western setting it's right. not the normal place you would create a, a stealth game i think that totally makes sense i think you're on the right track uh obviously i hope so because the game came out um but uh i just have i just have one final question before uh the the one question that we always wrap up the show with but it's Actually, um, about how long is the, the game uh, expected to take? How long from start to finish do you think it would uh, take the average player? <laughs> the average player? I, it depends a lot how good you are, to be honest. I know, it's like, a tough it, question. It's a tough question. Like I, I think um, three to open end, like three to eight hours, let's say. It's, okay. oh, it's a big um, time um, um, span in between, but I think <laughs> an average player, it will take you... Uh, or like a, if you're a regular player, you will be able to pass fairly fairly quick. But also if you want to collect all the kids, if you want to collect right. all the achievements, it will take you longer. So I say between three and eight hours. That's still a good chunk of time. Um, let me let me just wrap this up. Uh, once again, Maria, thank you so much for joining. But we always like to finish the show off with some advice. Um, for those listening who might be interested in starting their own project, just getting into the indie game space, uh, what type of tips would you give them from what you might have learned working on Elijo or what you've learned in the past? Just something that, you know, has helped you or something that you think you wish you would have known uh, before getting all into this. <laughs> okay, how long do we have? <laughs> <laughs> No, like um, really <laughs> fairly quick and easy. I think you need to really enjoy what you're doing. Like it is like with a lot of things that um, 
yeah, you start and after a time you get bored with it and so forth. But for us, there was really no, no way back. We wanted to finish it and we really, really wanted to finish it. And it took time. Eh? Usually it wouldn't take like four years to produce, but I mean, we didn't constantly worked on it, to be honest. But, and it's mainly the last two or three years. Like, I think you want to forget, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> but um you know, it it um, was more the last years that it was fully focused on. And imagine you are doing something again and again and again and again. And right. in a small company, like um, we are 10 people, 10, 11, 12 at max. Um, wow everyone does a lot of other things as well like um, i started to do um, um, co testing you know you're testing yeah, because yeah. you have limited resources or like the publisher then was the main tester but you need to test before you're sending out uh, things you know and then we started to test within the team and and it's really stuff you need to be flexible you need to do things you don't want to do maybe because you're also saying hey i can do way better than now t testing this or i want to do other things no mm -hmm. now important and you need to give it important because it is you know without um, qa or without testing yourself uh, the people will get completely mental you know like if things are not working the way they are supposed to. Of course, there are always going to be bugs. I mean, Elijo has also bugs, but it is... Um, what are you talking about? No bugs. Uh, no bugs. What, what was I saying? <laughs> oh, yeah. had, had bugs. No no more bugs. They're gone. No, they they're disappeared miraculously. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and most of them did, to, to be honest. And, and it is a really um, good playing experience now. But uh, to be honest with the people that want to do something like this in the future, is it is uh, really something really chewy let's say <laughs> chewy process. like it sounds a bit old in German it sounds nicer eh? <laughs> yeah yeah making it making all the listeners really want to start a, a career here <laughs> yeah no then let's let's be more optimistic eh? it's really rewarding <laughs> when you finish it <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um. <laughs> and, you know, it's, also, it's also a lot of fun. Yeah? Like, think of how can you motivate 12 people working such a long time on one game? They really need to be passionate about it. They need to enjoy what they're doing. They really believe in something. And it is, yeah, the, the, I wouldn't like to change it. You know, like the four years, I think they were worth doing it. And it was a lot of fun you know yeah and and that's what a job should be like people think oh you work in games this is great and then you think hey it is really hard it right it is not as easy and as we were saying it's not hocus pocus on the screen and then everything is done no it's not <laughs> you know and my background is more from the film industry you know like you make uh, movies or you make trailers whatever and they mm -hmm. take only one directional um, feedback you put it out there and it usually works you know it's nice you see it on screen and that's it but with right you have the interactive part and how many bugs can happen there on <laughs> the 10 new ones it's not a myth you know this actually is the case and that it is really something that you need to um yeah be calm and um sometimes sit back uh, breathe in breathe out and then it goes on you know and that's, that's good. <laughs>
<laughs> I love it. Be passionate about what you do and uh, maybe, you know, take a few breaks in between. Um, for those listening, Ellie Ho is currently available. And, uh, you know, Maria, correct me if I'm wrong because I got this from Google and this is a large list. But what I found, it seems to be available on the Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox, PC, and Google Stadia. Am I correct in that? Um, it will be. <laughs> it will be. That's what I wanted to know. Okay, so okay, so it's on PC. It's on Steam right now for PC. Correct. When when are the other uh, ports coming? It it is difficult to be said because as Corona is happening and affecting mm. everyone, so there are delays as well. Like we are hoping that um, early next year in January we will be able to um, deliver to all the consoles. Like at the moment, it's for, for PC, as you were saying, on Steam, on GOG, and on Stadia available. And um, next year then, as you were saying correctly, it is going to be on the Nintendo Switch, on the PlayStation, and on the Xbox. Perfect. Okay. Well, you know what? It's fine. PC is the better place to play. Be <laughs> mad I said it. Um, <laughs> Maria, thank you so much for joining. I, I had a lot of fun. I hope you did ta have too. Uh, best of luck with the game. I'm I'm super excited to, to see more of your success and see how it goes. Thank you, Joshua. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye. Take care. <laughs>